tonight, on tonight, uh, this is going to be a brief Bible class. I, as I say that a lot of times and many times it ends up not being brief. But I thank God uh, on uh, March the 15th, March the 15th, I did a Bible class called The Grace of God, The Grace of God. And I always try to have a key scripture uh, in a Bible class that kind of drives us home to our thought, um, uh, to the focus of the Bible class. And sometime I'll put it at the beginning of the Bible class. Sometime I'll put it at the end of the Bible class. And I always go through and look at my notes and uh, I guess self-critique myself. What did I say? Uh, what shouldn't I have said? What, uh, you know, I should have added, included scripture I should have called. And lo and behold, when I look back at this Bible class, I did not even include, I didn't know whether I was going to put it at the beginning, didn't know whether I was going to put it at the end, but I did not include uh, the crux, the, the, the key scripture that I want to expound upon and bring out in that lesson. Amen. And certainly, um, when God gives you something, um, I just couldn't get away from it. And so I know that I have to go back and, and you know, get it straight. And I want to make sure that um, uh, for those that are recording Bible classes and keeping Bible classes, I want to make sure that I've left something on record for you as well that's uh, scripturally, doctrinally sound. Amen. And I certainly thank God. God says what we have received, we ought to freely give uh, to others. And I certainly am open to individuals that uh, are taking notes and teaching Bible classes. And I certainly welcome you. I just want to make sure that uh, I give you my best, uh, give you what God has given to me because God is holding me responsible, amen, to share his word, amen. So, and uh, this lesson is going to come with a little bit of, um, uh, I say, homework with it. I'd like for you to go back on uh, Facebook, go back on YouTube to March 15th. Uh, the Bible class is entitled The Grace of God. Amen. What would we do without the grace of God? God has done a marvelous thing. My God. He said, I took them out of a tree that was wild by nature. My God. And grafted them into my tree. My God. And then he said, if the root be holy, then so are the branches. Come on, somebody. And then he tells us not to boast because those that were uh, in the tree was cut off because of unbelief. They missed out. But I'm so glad that we got him. He said, other sheep that I have that are not of this fold, I must bring them also. He included us from the very beginning, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad for the grace of God. Come on, somebody. Took a people that were uh, no people at all and made a people to himself. My God, we're talking about uh, some of the things Hitler did is when he was going to come up with the master race and how he was uh, so many uh, horrible things that he did. Amen. And I'm so glad God is not like man. 
Come on, somebody. My God. God wanted a people of his own. Come on, somebody. My God. So he took nothing and made something. And that's nothing but the grace of God. And I'm going to go back to that opening scripture, but I'd like for you to go back um, on Facebook, YouTube, amen, March the 15th, the grace of God, amen, and I'm going to give you the opening scripture, then I'm going to give you that scripture that I uh, left out on, so you can have it as part of your notes, amen, it will be part of history, amen, and certainly I think it would make this Bible class complete, And, you know, when God gives you something and then he turns around and reminds you, well, you didn't say what I told you to do. And uh, he reveals things that, you know, I feel an obligation to get it right. Amen. Because, you know, one day I'll have to stand before God. Amen. And give an account of the things that were done in my body. Come on, somebody. My God. And certainly uh, I want to be able to. Uh, say, Lord, what you gave to me, I gave to the people. I freely gave it. Amen. There was no charge. My God, no man owed me nothing. Amen. Nothing but love. Amen. I certainly uh, want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. All right. So the grace of God, we entitled it the grace of God part two. Uh, But we're really going to be including just one scripture. All right. And I just like to ask the question, where would we be without the grace of God? Anybody ever thought about that? God's unmerited favor. My God. That's what grace is. We can't buy it. We don't deserve it. Come on, somebody. You didn't inherit it. My God. Uh, It didn't come connected to your family name. My God. Amen. It's the, it was God's will. Amen. His will and his power to get to you the things you don't even deserve. My God. When we think about grace, we know it's the unmerited favor of God. But I add something to that. In saying God's willingness and power to get to you things you don't deserve. Now, uh, there's a lot of individuals, you know, you kind of see them many times uh, struggling in life, going through, and, and you would wish more for them. Come on, somebody. And if you had the ability, you probably, I, I, I know for me personally, I would uh, do better for that individual. So a lot of times people can see you struggling, see you going through, see a need, but they have no ability to meet that need. So grace is God's willingness and his power. I know somebody, not, not just, you know, um, desiring to to want better for you, he also have the wherewithal to get better to you. Amen. So the unmerited favor of God, the grace is his willingness and his power to get to you things that you don't deserve. My God. And I I think, I thank God for the companion 
that goes along with it, that's mercy. Come on, somebody. His grace and mercy, my God, saw me through. I'm living this moment, amen, uh, because of him. And it is of his mercies that we're not consumed. My God, great is his faithfulness that he has shown unto each and every one of us. So the companion that goes, we're talking about the grace of God, but the companion that goes along with grace is God's mercy. Well, what is that? That's God's willingness and power to protect you from the things that you do deserve. Ah, my God. Where would one be without the other? Amen. So his grace, his willingness, power to get to you things uh, that you don't deserve, but then mercy, his willingness and his power to protect. Anybody ever seen somebody go through something and you say, man, they sure didn't deserve that. Or you might even comment and say, you know what? I wouldn't even wish that on my worst enemy. It's so horrible, but you're powerless to make any difference. But look at God's mercy, his willingness and his wherewithal, his power to protect you from the things that you do deserve. And that's death. My God, he said, you shall live and not die. Think about the songwriter say, live, 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 live. My God, what a mighty God we serve, amen? So the um, grace of God and then the companion that goes along with that, the mercy of God, the two go perfectly together. Come on, somebody. I asked the question and I'll ask it again. What good is grace without mercy? Come on, somebody. Uh, what good would it be to inherit the blessings or the goodness of God and then see death? Death is eternal separation from God. What, you know, if, if, if in this life we have hope, we have all men most miserable. What good would it be to have the blessing of God, the unmerited favor of God, and still have to uh, withstand or to um, inherit death because that's what we all deserve. Come on, somebody. My God, I remember the rich man, Howard Hughes, uh, multi-billionaire, said that he would give a million dollars to an individual uh, if he could just enjoy one steak dinner before he left. I, you know, he wanted to eat it and enjoy it. it got millions, billions of money. Come on, somebody. What good is it and still have to uh, uh, suffer eternal separation from God? I'm also thinking of the rich man that was uh, during the downturn of the economy. I believe well, that was 2008, 2009. Worst economy we've had since the Great Depression. He was down to his last line. Y'all better get this. He was down to his last $4 billion. Dollars down to his last, I didn't say four million, 
$4 billion stepped in front of a train. What good is it? Come on, somebody. To have uh, these riches, my God, and still have to have eternal separation from God, which is death. My God. So what good is grace without mercy? And then we can turn it around and say, what good is mercy without grace? Come on, somebody. My God, uh, I, if I can escape death, uh, but live in torment, that's the definition of hell. I can escape death. Look at that. That's, that's mercy. That's mercy. God's willingness, his power to protect you from the things that you do deserve. And that's death for all of us. But what good would it be to escape death and not have the blessings of God upon your life? That's the definition of hell. Where he said there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. My God, the fire will never be quenched and your worm shall never die. So I thank God for the companion, you know, grace and mercy. Surely grace and mercy shall follow me. Oh, that's, I, that's what I need. I need grace and mercy to follow me all the days of my life, my God. And the two go together, they're perfect harmony. Amen. And I certainly uh, thank God because God knows what he's doing. Amen. He knows what he's doing. And I'm so glad for the words of David that says, surely, amen, goodness and mercy. Come on, somebody. My God, his grace and his mercy. That's the goodness of God. Amen. They're going to follow me all the days of our life. All right. Uh, let's go to Ephesians uh, 1. Ephesians 1. And we want to talk about uh, the reason. Amen. For grace. That's what Paul was writing to Ephesus. Amen. The church at Ephesus. Amen. That was going through so much that was happening at that time. And certainly uh, it was a uh, bustling place. And, you know, anytime you have a um, busy place, you have all kinds of crime. Uh, if you think about it as a major thoroughfare or a major city, Amen. Much crime going on, much to uh, get into. But he was writing to the saints and he was talking about the working of God, even in an evil land or an evil environment or an evil society. Amen. And certainly that's the day and time in which we live now. Amen. And my God, I would hate to be in this world right now without the grace of God. Yet God said, you know what? I'll keep them in perfect peace. People, mental um, illness um, is real. It is real. And I think the, um, uh, the awareness, mental awareness, 
um, mental health has become a central focus in our police departments, in our uh, child protective and our, our services, in domestic abuse cases, in marriages. My God, uh, when you see all that's happening, my God, uh, the man that uh, went and asked his neighbor, you know, will you stop shooting your assault rifle? You know, we got a baby here next door uh, trying to go to sleep. And he turned that gun on them. My God. Uh, can we chalk it up to mental illness? Certainly there has to be something, something amiss. Um, that even the experts are being um, baffled right now. But the word of God said, I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me because he trusteth. I believe that's Isaiah 26 and 3. I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me because he trusteth. He continually trusts in me. Are you putting your trust? Is your all on the altar? Come on, somebody. Are you casting your cares upon him? Come on, somebody. Are you saying, Lord, work in me both the will and the do of your good pleasure. Cover me in your blood. Keep my mind. My God. When's the last time you asked God to keep my mind? Keep me in perfect peace. Give me the peace that surpasses all understanding. My God, the world in which we live now, people are mentally uh, burnt out, stressed out. Come on, somebody. Uh, zoned out. My God. But God said, I'll keep you in perfect peace. Amen. If you will keep your mind stayed on me. Amen. So Paul was writing to Ephesus and let them know the workings of God. Amen. Even in an evil or fallen society, let's 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 call it that. Amen. We're living in a fallen world, but God is still able to keep your mind. Come on, somebody. We have not the spirit of fear. My God but of power and love and a, a what? Tell the devil my mind is so sound. I ain't thinking about uh, so many people are, are contemplating suicide. Uh, murder, suicide. Not only kill all of their family members, but turn around and turn the gun on themselves. My God, but Paul was writing to a people to let them know that God works even in a fallen society. Amen. The nature and the purpose of the church and the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, the nature and the purpose of the church and the body of Christ. Look what he says, Ephesians 1 um, and 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Amen. So he has a greeting here. He's talking, amen, and he's going to go on to talk about the purpose of the church. 
Amen. The purpose of the church, the uh, the workings of grace, amen, and the body of Christ. He said, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, and this was not my will. This is by the will of God. I am what God says I am. Come on, somebody. How many soldiers we got tonight? Not, not you know, what you called yourself. Amen. But you're called, anointed, and appointed of God. I am what God says I am. To the saints which are at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Amen. And we need to know uh, when God has called you for a purpose, say not that I am a child. Come on, somebody. My God, I knew you. Come on, somebody. Before you were formed in the belly. I knew you before you came out of the womb, and I, I have ordained you, come on somebody, to go before kings and magistrates. Each and every one of us of the body of Christ, God has a calling upon your life. Come on somebody, he has a calling um, on your life, and this is God's will concerning you, not your will, not your desire. People used to ask me, you wanna be a pastor like your father? Woo, I told them real quick, no, <laughs> my God, I grew up in a dedicated pastor's home and, and, and the, the prayer, the fasting, my God, the disappointment, the heartache, the headache, the harassment uh, that a pastor goes through. And I, no, I'd never choose that for myself. And climbed up some other way, come on somebody, I was up on the corporate ladder. I wasn't out somewhere, well, I guess you could call it fishing. <laughs> My God, but when God got ready, amen, to call me into the pastorate, amen, he's just like those uh, fishermen and said, drop your nets, and I'm going to make you fishermen of men. This is God's will concerning you. Come on, somebody. Nobody can come to the Father except the S-O-N, draw. God drew you to him. If you're in the body of Christ, come on somebody, this is, was not of your own free will. This was the will of God. What does he say? Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Certainly we know grace is our topic on tonight. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have what? Blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How many know that we're sitting in heavenly places right now? Come on, somebody. My God, what a blessing. He said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church in the gates of hell. Come on, somebody. That's the powers, the workings of the enemy are not going to prevail against you because you're sitting in heavenly places. It is good for us to be. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Come on, somebody. My God, to be in the presence of God, amen, is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand, our pleasures forevermore. So when he's dwelling on the inside of you, we are sitting in heavenly places. Who's in heaven? That's God. 
and his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. My God, and I'm so glad he has saw fit. Amen. He saw something in each and every one of us to call us into ministry. Amen. And that was the purpose of grace, to make a people that were no people his own. Amen. What did it say? According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should do what? Be holy and without blame before him in love. For God so loved the world. Anybody glad uh, that because that shedding of blood, come on somebody, when God looks at us, he looks at us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And that blood hides a multitude of sins. Anybody thank God for that? And John wrote and said he is the perpetuation of our sin. He's that ever atoning sacrifice. That if I'm going to be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, his first inclination is to restore. Oh, come on, somebody. My God, you know how we are. You mess up with me, you better not ever darken my door. But God said, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. With the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, because guess what? It might be you next time. Amen. But look at this. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. My God. And each and every one of us, we know God ain't done with us yet. But before the foundation of the world, he chose us in him. Come on, somebody. To be in Christ Jesus. Come on, some, not just some vagabond Jew or somebody that some nomad that's Roman, don't know who your daddy is, some bastard as they would uh, describe him on the street. Amen. He, I know who my father is. He chose me in him before the foundation. You know, as people say, when you were just a gleam in your daddy's eye. My God, God knew you. That wasn't just Jeremiah. That was you too. Come on, somebody. God chose you to be his people before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God so loved the world that he did what he gave. His only now, it's one thing giving when you have a lot to give. I believe I shared with you all, I got upset with my my daughter, Madison. Um, I may have been eating my last, uh, I was eating maybe my favorite um, bag of chips, and I was enjoying those chips. And uh, Madison, she wait till I got down to my last chip. She said, Daddy, can I have a chip? <laughs> now, let me let me let you know this. I turned her down and said, no, baby, I can't. I, I can't give you this one. Mm, I ain't give you. And I asked her, I said, why would you sit here and let me eat this whole bag of chips? It wasn't a big bag, you know. 
But she could have asked me when I first opened it up, why you wait till I get down to my last? You know, when you got a whole lot, it's easy, you know. But when you look in that bag and you got your last, oh, my goodness. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> you can judge me if you want to. Just couldn't do it. And, and got mad with her. Now, why you wait till I get to my last? But God so loved the world that he gave his only. He loved us so. My God. That he gave his only begotten son. Come on, somebody. My God. Now, that's love. That's love. Amen. Look at what it says here. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Come on, somebody. This was not just a one night stand. He adopted us. He called. He legally owns us. And I'm so glad. My God, I'm so glad uh, he, he purchased his own church with his own blood. Come on, somebody. My God, and I can go to sleep at night and say, hey, Lord, these are your saints. This is your church. You take care. <laughs> I can't bear this all by myself. I'm just the under shepherd. Come on, somebody. He purchased his church with his own blood. It belongs to him. He's responsible for it. Guess what? He saved you with his own blood. So he's responsible. My God, for each and every one. We're not just in no orphanage and somebody just came and, you know, you're that, that last kid, that old kid that nobody won't adopt. That happens. You know, people most time they want, they want a young child that they can form and shape and, you know, even give a name. My God, but those older kids, hard to adopt them. But having predestinated even before time, us unto the adoption of children, how did he do it? By Jesus Christ to himself, that shed blood of Jesus Christ. We had to go, every one of us had to go. My God, without the shedding of blood, my God, there was no remission of sins. That shed blood of Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. My God, not my will, but his will to the praise of the glory of his grace. My God, there it goes again. I thank God for the grace of God. Where would I be if it had not been for the Lord that's been on my side? Where would I be? Come on, somebody. My God. He told uh, Israel, I didn't choose you because you were the greatest. I didn't choose you because you had a hope or military might or any resources. I chose you because you were the least. You had nothing. And I'm going to take nothing and make something of my very own. My God, the purpose of grace. Come on, somebody. So according to the good pleasure of his will, uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace, 
wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Wasn't fit to live. Wasn't fit to die. Wasn't nothing to look upon. Didn't have anything to offer. Come on, somebody. But what did he do? He made us accepted in the beloved. My God, the ugly duckling. My God, the, um, what do they call the little small ones in the litter? The runt of the litter. My God, nothing to offer, nothing to look at. And most of my are not desired, but what did he do? He accepted us in the beloved. Wasn't because of my last name or the family that I was born into. Come on, somebody. Uh, he didn't choose us because we had anything to offer. But the Bible says now we be Abraham's seed. My God, I believe that's Galatians 3 and 29. We be Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. My God. So every promise now in the Bible now belongs to each and every one of us. Just because of the grace of God. His willingness and his power to get to you. Get to me something that we don't even deserve. My God, look at what he says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. He redeemed us. He bought us. He purchased us. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. We were slaves in the slave market. My God, uh, makes me think about um, uh, Gomer and Jose. I'm on somebody, Hosea, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, Jose, go get yourself a whorish woman. And we, we found out now uh, through the materials that were in the uh, Holy of Holies in the temple, amen, that silver means redemption. My God, he had to go and purchase Gomer, his wife, with silver and he had to purchase something that already belonged to him. Mm, my God. Jose, when she tips out on you, when she's unfaithful to you, that hurt now it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if 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 Jose didn't love Gomer. You know, some people have open relationships. They don't care what you do. You can come and go as you please. But Jose loved Goma. How many know God loves us? Come on, somebody, with an everlasting love. And he said, Jose, when she's unfaithful to you, you tell my people that's how I feel when they are unfaithful to me. My God had to go back and purchase what he already owned with silver. Redemption. Come on, somebody. Look at this. This is what God did for us. In whom we have redemption. How did he do it? Through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Why? The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his. And there goes that word again. Grace. The 
unmerited favor, his willingness, his power to get to you something, blessings, calling, anointing that you don't even deserve. My God, Ah, who wouldn't serve a God like this? And somebody said, without the shedding of blood, my God, we would still be in the slave market. Come on, somebody. We that were not a people, he chose us that we might be his people. He asked the question, shall I hide from Abraham this thing that I'm going to do, seeing that he's going to be a great and mighty nation? Come on, somebody. My God, you all remember the promise he made to Abraham. Abraham, look into the skies. Can you start count the stars? He said, no, my Lord, so shall thy seed be. Abraham, look into the seashore. Can you count the grains of sand? You can't even take your finger and put it on sand and, and count the grains on your fingertip. It's impossible. But look to the seashore. Can you count the grains of sand? No, my Lord. So shall thy seed be. We knew through Isaac that all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Come on, somebody. My God. God wanted a people that he could call his own. And here we are. <laughs> Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. He did it according to the riches of his grace. Come on, somebody. That blood that reaches to the highest mountain that flows to the lowest valley. I'm so glad it caught me and covered me. Come on, somebody. Anybody glad that you're blood-bought, blood-washed, blood-covered? Come on, somebody. My God, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Look at this. Wherein he hath abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Now, that's, that's a Bible class right there. And that's why I always say uh, one of the most powerful prayers that we can pray is, Lord, work in me both the will and to do of your good pleasure. Come on, somebody. I don't, I don't know uh, the whole mystery of his will uh, concerning me. He have to give me this day my daily. I, and I don't think if he laid it all on me, I could even uh, uh, receive it. Come on, somebody. The Bible said the path of the just is as a shining light that gets brighter and brighter until that perfect day. He reveals unto us day by day the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of time that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. My God, the mystery of his will concerning, why did you save me? What did you see in me that I can't see? myself. My God, I guess 
He's one of the greatest coaches there is. They talk about uh, Bill Belichick that take people that have no name, have no reputation, and he makes them stars. He, you know, he can see something in in a, a football player, my God, that they can't see themselves and make them into superstars. My God, great God is the greatest coach uh, there is, the greatest choreographer that saw something in you that you can't even see yourself. He has spoke something into you. My God, there's something innate in you that he's going to bring out in the fullness of time. Come on, somebody. If God be for you, my God, who can be against us? Every word he's spoken over your life, say not that I'm a child. Come on, somebody. You don't know. <laughs> Gideon, my God, you are a mighty man of valor, and you don't even know it. There's some things in us that we are yet to see, but in the fullness of God time, God is going to bring it into fruition uh, that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are of the earth, even in him. Come on, somebody. He's going to take a people that were no people, my God, and make a people of his own. Come on, somebody. My God. Galatians 4 and 5, it talks about the purpose of grace. I'm not going to go and read that. I want you to go read it. It talks about the purpose uh, of grace to take nothing and make something. Come on, somebody of it. My God, we know that man can dig into the earth and can find uh, what they call raw diamonds or find a diamond in the rough and he can, uh, he can cut it and he can buff it and he can shine it. Come on, somebody, my God, and, and, and show you all the facets and the beauty of it and how clear it is and how translucent it is and how it reflects light out of all of that effort, he can't take no credit for it because the earth and the fullness thereof all belongs to God. Come on, somebody. Bishop Abney said, if any man write my life story, let him know Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened. I, I can take no credit for myself. If it had not been for him, my God, there would be no me, my God. And I want you all to take into that Galatians 3 and 29. We be Abraham's seed. Come on, somebody. And heirs according to the promise. All right, let's finish up this scripture. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. I was subject to inherit nothing but death. But now that I be Abraham's seed, in him we also have obtained an inheritance, a godly inheritance. Come on, somebody. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will.
Not because I wanted it, not because I desired it, not because I deserve it, because it was his will. It was his purpose. It was his call upon my life. My God. And that's all I can say is, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Come on, somebody. In him who worketh all things after the counsel. Who hath wrought it? Who hath done it? Uh, read Isaiah 41, 1 through 4. He said, come and, and bring your witnesses and let us reason together. Who have brought the generations from the beginning? It was I, the Lord, the first and the last. I am he. Who can you come and bring uh, uh, that can say that? Come on, somebody. My God, I, I, I was the God of your fathers and, and, and the God of, uh, of this generation, the God of uh, the current generation. And I can tell you of things that were a thousand years before, and I'll tell you of things a thousand years on down the line. Who hath wrought it and who have done it? I. Come on, somebody. The Lord, the first and the last. I am he. And I do it all by all by my own counsel. Come on, somebody. I did it because I saw something in you. More, more I wish to say that I saw nothing in you. <laughs> my God, and that's the mystery. How can he can take nothing and make something out of it? Come on, somebody. My God. Now, listen, I want you to go back to March 15th. That was just the beginning of that Bible class. And I in this, that Bible class is about two hours long, is long. But I, I left out my crux scripture. Maybe it's because I ran out of time. Um, uh, but and we didn't do a part two. I don't know what happened. But the Lord brought it back to my memory and um, I shrugged it off. And uh, he brought it back to my memory again. And uh, I don't know, I just couldn't get away from it. But this is the scripture that I left out. All right. Um, March 15th. Um, the grace of God. Amen. The grace of God. You want to go back to that Bible class and add this scripture to it. It's right here. First Peter. First Peter, the second chapter. I'm sorry, first Peter the second chapter, first Peter second chapter, ninth verse. Look what God has done. Now you got to uh put all of that together. I just gave you the beginning scripture that we started out with in that Bible class, but I want you to put this scripture in here because this is the crux. This is the crux, the key scripture here. Um that should have gone with that Bible class, all right? So this Bible class, hopefully it'll be short and it'll give you some time to go back and, and put that other Bible class with it. Look what he says. First Peter, second chapter, verse nine. But you are a chosen generation. Abraham, 
I want you to leave this place. I want you to go to a place whose builder and maker, a city whose builder and maker is God. Abraham, where you going? I don't know. But I don't know when I get there. Come on, somebody. Through him, we be Abraham's seed. My God, God wanted a people. He wanted a family to call his own. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar. My God, if the world looks at you and just sees the world, something's wrong. Somebody ought to be able to look at you and see a difference. Come on, somebody. And I don't know why we try so hard to fit in when you're not supposed to. Why do you try so hard to get along and to fit in and, you know, Mm -mm. That's not what we're called for. Uh, God called you to stand out. A city that sitteth upon a hill. A candle. My God. And, and, and let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Why are you trying so hard to fly under the radar when your life is to be an example? He wanted a people. He wanted a family. He wants something that represents him. My God. And we go through great lengths to dress like, to act like, to talk like, to do like, to be like, be like Mike. Come on, somebody. My God. When he's saying, I've called you out of all of that. I want you to be my people. I want, I want you to represent me in this world. My, my, my. What a mighty God we serve. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who have done what? Called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. My God. A people that were no people that he could call his own. Come on, somebody. I gave you that scripture. That's Matthew 5 and 16. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Don't just, don't just uh, go with the crowd. Mingle in, laugh at the dirty jokes. You know somebody, well, I didn't tell it well. 
for you to enjoy it or want to hear it or be part of it puts you in with them. I can't tell no difference. Come on, somebody. Uh, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Verse 10 say, which in time past were not a people. Isn't that what I said? Hmm. And you hath he quickened, which were what? I was dead in trespasses in sin. But God, my God, somebody ought to be running around the living room right now. Somebody ought to be running around the kitchen. Somebody ought to be lifting their hands and, and telling God, thank you. My God. Verse 10, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of who? We are the people of God. This is the crux of that that, that Bible class, the grace of God, what was the purpose of grace that he might make a people of his own, that he can call his own, that he can call his, that would belong to him, that will reverence him, that will walk up right before him, that his representation in the world, his willingness and his power to get to you Things that you don't even deserve. My God. Verse 10 again. Which in time past were not a people. But are now the people of God. Which had not obtained mercy. Come on somebody. That perfect companion. But now have obtained mercy. Come on somebody. You can't have grace without mercy. They're, they're perfect companions. My God, what good is grace without mercy? And what good is mercy without grace? My God. Verse 10 again. Which in time past were not a people. But now the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Come on, somebody. My God. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts and war against the soul. Come on, somebody. As believers... We are strangers and pilgrims in this land. You hear what I said? That's what he says. Uh, dearly beloved, I, I beseech you as strangers and you, we don't, we're not like Mike. We don't get along just to get along. We don't blend in. We don't fit in. We don't go along. My God, we try so hard to please men. And Paul said, when I seek to please men, I cease to please God. We are pilgrims and strangers as believers. Come on, somebody. 
My God, we're pilgrims and strangers in this land. Our real home is with him. Our conversation is in heaven. That's our hope. That's our goal. That's our purpose. That's his plan for our life. My God, where would we be if God wasn't on our side? My God, look at verse 12. Having your conversation honest among Gentiles, that why? Whereas they speak against you as evildoers. We're living in the time where they're calling right wrong. Come on, somebody. Yes, we are. And they're calling wrong people that are doing wrong. They're calling that right. Now, we the ones. You are discriminating if you don't go along with all the 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 um, all of the leeway, all of the alternate lifestyles, all of the ways of the world. Come on, somebody! My God, you are now the person that's discriminating when you uh, uphold the bloodstained banner. But that's all right. I, I'd rather be a pilgrim and stranger in this world that I might obtain, come on somebody, my God, my citizenship in heaven. All right, having our conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Come on, somebody. My God. Keep on living holy. Keep on being holy. Keep being God's representation in this world. He wants you to, he wants them to know Seem like when we dress, we dress to be different. You you want your outfit to stand out. You want your hat to draw attention. You want your car to um, draw attention. You want your house to be the best in the in the in the neighborhood. What about God? When people look at you. Come on, somebody. He said, I counsel you to buy of me gold that's been tried in the fire. My God. So when people look at you or I look at you, I see myself. That's, that's, that's gold that's been tried in the fire. All of that uh, headache and heartache and malice and strife and evil and jealousy and all of that stuff. It's been boiled out. Come on, somebody. It's been tried in the fire. It's been purified by fire. Come on, somebody. My God. Fire destroys certain things and then it purifies others. Wood, hay, and stubble 
are destroyed by fire. Come on, somebody. Precious metals and stones, come on, somebody. They, uh, I'm sorry, wood, hay, and stubble are destroyed by fire, but precious metals and stones are purified. The same fire destroys one and purifies another. Come on, somebody. My God, I counsel you to buy of me gold that's been tried in the fire. Come on, somebody. I'm going to burn out those things that are not like me. Come on, somebody. And then I'm going to turn around and purify you so you're my image. Come on, somebody. You're my likeness. When I look at you, I'll see myself. When the world looks at you, they'll see me. They'll glorify your father, which is in heaven. My God, the purpose of grace, to make a people, a royal priesthood, a set aside, a reserved people. My God, that were no people his own. Come on, somebody. My God. All right. Um, whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Look at verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors, or unto them that are sent by him for punishment of evildoers. You know, the law is for the lawless, right? And for the praise of them that do well. Amen. I have a good reputation within and without. You know, whew, uh, sometimes we, you know, we, we can be so godly and so saintly, but you don't, you don't have no good reputation uptown. You know, your, your neighbors ain't got nothing good to say about you. You got a record. You got a reputation. You a saint, but you're known to cuss people out. Lose your temper. Lose your cool. And some of us do it by design. I'll put my Holy Ghost down and I'll do so-and-so and so-and-so and I'll pick my Holy Ghost Listen, Samson thought that too. He messed around with Delilah and she coaxed him and learned the source of his strength. And she said, up, Samson, the Philistines be upon you. He thought he was going to go out and shake and the anointing of God would be upon him. And found out that God had left him. My God. What did they do? They blinded him and bound him. And made him work like a slave. My God. Uh, so many times we can be so sanctified and so holy. And you know, God wants you to have a clean record. He wants you to have a good conscience. He, he wants you to, you know, and we've all had our past. 
But if you're going to rip uh, uh, those that have this hope, purify themselves. Amen. If you want to be a his and, and, you know, he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Get your record straight. You represent God to the world. They can't see God. That's all they see is you. And you can be a help or you can be a hindrance. My God. Four pillars of a man's heart. I was talking about um, Charles Barkley did something that was not becoming as a sportsman. He said he's not a, a he, he's not a, a, a role model. Well, the writer of the book, uh, Four Pillars of a Man's Heart, say, uh, Mr. Barkley, you have no choice of whether you be a role model. The only choice you have is to be a good one or a bad one. Hmm. Saints of God, if you're called of God, my God, you can't decide, well, you know, I don't want to be that royal priesthood. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the one in, you don't have no choice of that. Your only choice is to be a good representation of Christ or a bad one. You all not have a big old long rap sheet uptown. Remember somebody? My God, and I know, you know, we can get caught up on some cases sometime and some things, and God forbid I get caught up on some things myself. But, you know, that, that all not, listen, <laughs> uh, hopefully it's your first offense, if it happens at all. Now unto him that is able to do what? He can keep you from falling. That lets us know two things. Number one, we all have the propensity to fall. You can fall. Beware when a man thinks he sees something when he is nothing. You know somebody? My God, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. That strengthens me. You know somebody? I can't do this on my own. My God, so we all have a propensity to fall. But then again, it lets me know that God has the ability, the power, the willingness to keep me from falling. Come on, somebody. My God, get to me things that I don't deserve. I couldn't do it on my own. If any man should write my life story, let them know Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to me. All right, to recap, I didn't read all of that. Uh, go all the way down through uh, the 17th. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. 
Honor the king. Come on, somebody. My God. Honor the judges, government, leaders in the workplace, and leaders in the church. You know, some people got problem with authority. You know, you ain't the boss of me and all of this stuff. Get rid of that mess. You don't represent Christ acting like that. Can't get along with nobody. Can't get along with yourself. Every time you turn around, it's you and somebody else. Come into the boss's office. You and somebody else. You and that person. You and this person. You Common denominator is you. It's always you and something else. Honor leadership. Follow leadership. Obey leadership. Everywhere you go, somebody's in charge, and most of the time it ain't you. My God. Jesus said, I always do those things that please my Father. I don't think I could say that. I know I can't say that concerning Jesus Christ. I can't even say that concerning my biological father. Come on, somebody. Some things he might be ashamed of. Come on, somebody. But we are to be his people. Come on, somebody. He's gone through too much, paid an awesome price to take something that was nothing. My God, and make it into something that he could call his own. You represent him in the world. As I say, they can't see God, they just see you. Come on, somebody, get yourself together. Straighten yourself out. My God. And if people look at you and they can't see difference. My God. What hope does the world have if they can't see Christ in you? May God bless you, saints. Uh, That's something that's been on my heart. The Lord wouldn't let me put it down. I had to get it out and put it out there. And if you're taking notes, got notes, put this with uh, the grace of God, March 15th. You'll find it out on uh, Facebook, find it out on YouTube. Uh, that last scripture was the one that uh, was not part. My God. Make it so plainly. My God. We were no people. My God. But we have obtained mercy. I'm trying to find that scripture reference again. Having predestinated unto us the adoption of children of Jesus Christ. 
in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Come on, somebody. My God. Not because we wanted it, because it was his desire. My God. What a mighty God we serve. All right. I think I've covered everything God wanted me to cover on this particular Bible class. And please put that with um, uh, March 15th, the grace of God, the grace of God. Amen. That last scripture, that last scripture there. First Peter, uh, second chapter, beginning at the ninth verse, all the way down through verse 17. And that crux being in First uh, Peter 2 and 10, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. My God, that Greek companion that goes along with grace, thou grace and mercy. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. New grace. Amen. We certainly encourage you. Let us hold to God's unchanging hand. Let us look to him as never before. Amen. I believe that the Lord is soon. He's soon to come. Amen. This is no time for looking back. No time for taking your hand off the gospel plow. Plow, but let us occupy. Amen. Stay on the battlefield. Be not weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of doing the right thing. People will tell you in a minute, I'm tired of doing the right thing. I'm tired of turning the other cheek. Don't get tired of doing what God instructs us to do. Because in the end, come on somebody. My God, if you live this three score and ten. If you have to go through it for 70 years, it's a moment compared to the eternity that we're going to spend with God. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer. If there's somebody here uh, under the sound of my voice, you have not made your calling an election. Sure, that is you have not been baptized in Jesus name. You have not been filled with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And you want to be saved before it's everlasting too late. Call me. 734-477-6891. Amen. Uh, we will return your call. One of the ministers on staff at New Grace will share with you what thus saith the Lord. Amen. Let you know what God is requiring of each and every one of us. Amen. Meet with you. Pray with you. Go with you through the scriptures, baptize you in Jesus' name, and we have a great big God. We can't do that. That will fill you with his spirit by the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's a miracle. That's a miracle when God comes in and speaks. You hear yourself speak as they did on the day of Pentecost. That is a miracle. 
Come on, somebody. My God, God wants a people to call his own. Amen. And certainly the Bible says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If you're unfamiliar, have not had that experience, call me 734-477-6891. Amen. Don't put it off for tomorrow what you can do today. God knows your heart. Call, call that number. Leave a message if you must. Amen. And we will call you. Amen. And tell you what thus saith the Lord. We must have it the way the Bible says. We must have it. Amen. Because God is coming back for a church. He's coming back for a people, his people, his church, which he's purchased with his own blood. Upon this rock, I'm going to establish my church. Not multiple. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. Come on, somebody. My God. Do you have him? Are you ready? Amen. If not, give me a call. 734-477-6891. May God bless you. May God keep you.